I didn't know I was going to get drafted or play in the NFL. I didn't know I was going to get a scholarship for college. That's kind of how I am. I'm not a planner either, so I'm not planning to get this. You know, I'm going to work day to day to day, and hopefully all these days that I work out and get to this. There was like at least two hurdles, I think, past two seasons where I was like, in the huddle, and I predetermined it. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, like, you know, I'm joking. I was like, if I'm open, I catch it, and I have some space, I'm just going to hurdle. It's hard for me to do that. Right. I'm like, you no, want to be truthful. I just want to sign it. Yeah, like, right. I just go back. We don't want any problems. Right. <laughs> That's how I am. Right. I don't want any problems with the coach, you know? <laughs> Welcome into the lounge. Things are hopping. A lot of orders for drinks at the lounge <laughs> uh, because it is. There's no slow time of the year anymore in the NFL, but it, this is a particularly uh, fast-paced time of the year. Oh yeah, this time of year is crazy. I mean, there's so much happening. Uh, just as a quick recap, last week spent the week at the combine. So combine is crazy. John Harbaugh talks. Eric Costa talks. We watch all the prospect uh, workouts. A lot of stuff happening. So we have all that, okay? Then you get back in Baltimore, and on in a matter of a few days, you cut Eric Weddle, you sign Nick Boyle, free agency's right around the corner. There's all these different rumors about guys yep. like C.J. Mosley and Terrell Suggs and players on other teams that the Ravens could potentially be interested in. All of that has happened in the span of about eight days. Antonio Brown's mustache. Antonio right? Brown's mustache. That by itself. That should be, a, that should be the headliner of all this discussion. <laughs> Um, and this is just Raven stuff. That's the crazy thing. Like, right. what, this is just Raven stuff that we're talking about here. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. Yeah. This is why Adam Schefter gets paid the big bucks. Exactly. Because <laughs> this is his time of the year. He, he's just the big dog eating. Yeah, he's eating. <laughs> um, but anyway, speaking of Nick Boyle, we have him on the podcast today. So really excited to talk to Nick. And uh, we're just going to jump into that interview. And then on the back end of this, We'll talk about free agency and give our thoughts on, on all that and what we anticipate happening. So we are happy to be joined by Nick Boyle, who will be here for the next three years, which is really awesome. At least three yeah. years. I don't want to cap yeah. it. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> I'm already trying to shove him out the door. He just signed a new contract. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Uh, so, Nick, you know, really exciting new deal. What's, what's your first purchase that you're going to make? Um, maybe I'll get a new RC car. A new RC got really car. big in RC cars, yeah, because Hayden, uh, Hayden Hurst got me an RC car for Secret Santa okay. Christmas, and I opened it up, and I played with it, and I loved it. <laughs> and uh, from then on there, I got two more, and it's like kind of become something I like to do, and like work on them, fix them, soup them up, so it's a... Uh, how big are RC? I'm not really familiar. These like, are remote control cars. Yeah, remote, that are, they're like nice remote, remote, remote control cars. Remote control, <laughs> remote control, remote control cars, yeah, they're yeah. nice remote control I can't even say it. You can't say that word. Remote <laughs> control car. Boom. Yeah, you gotta say it. Sorry. Um, that I usually use when I'm walking my dogs. Oh, so that's funny. It, yeah, I use it at the same time. I wrap the leash around my waist and drive the car at the same time. How fast do they go? Uh, well, like, I have one. Like one. one goes sixty, but then I have other ones that are like 60? lifted. Yeah, seriously, they're electric too. One's like lifted and goes small, like slower, but it goes up like rocks and stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good person. Yeah, like, it's like toys. Like I like to have little toys. I'm little you're like shopping for my three-year-old. Yeah. Cars, <laughs> trucks. He loves Seriously. fire trucks. You down with fire video trucks? Games. I like video, video games. games. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to shop for clothes. So. Well, we were just joking about this before we actually started is, you know, you made the comment during your press conference how Nordstrom Rack is still going to be your place. 
you and Mink would get along. You guys should go shopping together. You got to tell them the $5 jeans story. Yeah, I can get you to some even better deals than Nordstrom Rack. I'm telling you, you can get lower than Nordstrom Rack. I, I once went into a, what was it? It was Kohl's. Kohl's. Kohl's for a new pair of jeans, right? And now I'm I like, love how I know where I'm, you shop. I'm, I'm <laughs> tapping this at $30. Like, I'm not spending more than $30 yeah. for a pair of jeans. Yeah. I find these ones on the rack. I bring them up to the register. They ring them up. $5. <laughs> so what do you think my first reaction was? Awesome. Go get more of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I go back. First I you thought, oh, great. And then yeah. you say go get more. Exactly. Right. I was like, the lady at the register was like, what? I was like, yup, I'm getting yeah. five pairs of exactly. jeans yeah. now. I'm set for like five years yeah. for that. That's awesome. I mean, last shopping thing I went with Christina, my wife, was at uh, Walmart. And they got some, what are the the long sleeve shirts with the three buttons? Henley shirts? Yeah. Christina's in here, yeah. by the way, for listeners. Yeah. So she can verify this yeah, story. I don't know what the, all like the terms her. are for clothing, but we got some nice Henley shirts at Walmart. Nice. How much? Good quality. 588. 588. 588. Dude, we are going shopping together. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's great. So, so in all seriousness, just how big is this day for you? Like, is this yeah, one that you kind of dream about? Yeah, it's kind of surreal to that, to that extent. Um, but it's really, really cool because it's just, I don't want to really leave this place just because, like I said before in the press conference, you know, all the relationships I've built here with the coaches and the players, um, I can't really think of a bad relationship I have with any of them. And, uh, you know, it's truly a joy to come to work every day, um, you know, hang out with everyone in the locker room, go to meetings, and really you look at it as a relationship-based thing. Do I come to work? Do I love it here? Am I happy here? Yes. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know how it's like anywhere else. So this is a day that truly is kind of a life-changing day. I mean, reported $18 million contracts, a lot of money coming your way. Does, at what point in your life or career did you feel like this day was feasible? Because i got to believe early on, you don't know, you're just yeah. trying to make a team. Yeah. And then now, a few years later, you are essentially set for life. Your mm -hmm. life has been changed. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. I always <laughs> think I'm going to run out of money. Not, <laughs> well, I don't even spend it even. Walmart, yeah. Good, bro. I, yeah. No, but still, I'm always like, oh, I still got this many, you know, kids, <laughs> so I'm like afraid to spend it. But It's a good habit. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like I said, it's surreal. I don't know if this day was ever going to – I didn't know I was going to get drafted or play in the NFL. I didn't know I was going to get a scholarship to college. That's kind of how I am. So uh, I just – like I'm thankful for this day. I'm thankful that they want to be back here. Um, and it's just something that, like I said, I'm not a planner either, so I'm not planning to get this. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to work day to day to day, and hopefully all these days that I work up and get to this. So give us the whole stinky story on the free agency process. Like, uh, yeah. There's all these teams that are reportedly interested in you. John said that you guys have been talking about this thing for a year. Like, take us A to Z on how this whole thing went down. So basically, I think a lot of it started to really unravel at the end of the season. Uh, with a mutual interest to want to come back here. Uh, I like how I'm being used here. I like, like I said, the relationships. Right. Um, and they express the same thing. You know, they want to be back here. They said, that, you know, you're a big part of the offense. So great. And then, um, who my agents who I love and thank them for doing everything they did for this uh, deal, was on my side just to, you know, hang around a little bit just so <laughs> you don't sign anything too fast to sell yourself short a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you got to scare them a little bit that you could. Yeah, leave. you got to. And I, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, for me, I don't like to tell people it. what they like. It's hard for me to do that. Right. Like, you no, be I, I just want to sign it. Yeah, like, right. Just go back. We don't want any problems. Right. <laughs> That's how I am. Right. I don't want any problems with the coach. You know. <laughs> so you know they were they did a good job of you know kind of talking me through it and keep me patient. Um, and then they said you know there's a bunch of teams at the combine they were talking with. 
um, that a lot of guys has expressed interest, how they're going to use you, you know, you're a good blocker, da 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 da. And uh, so then they kind of got like their number ish, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A little more what we, what I wanted to get. And um, then they proposed an offer back here and then they hit the number and it was over. So nice. once they proposed the number, were you like, yep, yep that's, that's <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> where do I sign? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's like, all right, it's fine. It's all I ever wanted. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a guy to like, oh, you know, I want to be the big bucks kind of guy right. or be known as that. It's not what I want. It's just what realistically I think that I should have gotten around the market. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah. got a feel well, of what fair. I should have got. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like I was asking for anything crazy or whatnot, but yeah, so, I mean your your blocking is something that you know Adam Schefter called you the best blocking tight end in the league this morning, and and you certainly are. And one story actually that I'll convey, I remember in the locker room when I talked to you, and I can't remember who the pass rusher was, but I think maybe Cameron Jordan this past year, and you like were assigned to block him one on one, and this was one that you did not win unfortunately, but I came to you in the locker room the next day or the next week, and I was like. Do you, when you get that assignment, like to block one of the best pass rushers in the game, uh-huh. and you're one on one versus a tight end, not a tackle, a tight end. No, it was versus, uh, versus the Bengals, I think. Versus the Bengals. Who probably said it because they got to let it hit on Joe and his interception. That's yeah, right. right. Like that's that, yeah. your good. <laughs> that was my, it was my technique. That's all. It was. Exactly. That's my so problem. That's I was like, are you, when you get that assignment, are you like, dude, you guys are setting me up to Carlos fail? Dunlap. Carlos versus Carlos Dunlap. Dunlap. Yep. Right. And, he, and Nick just no. goes, no. If I had just gotten inside his pass, I would have been fine. And he grabbed me and scared the living tar out of me. I was like, dude, all right, I need a demonstration here. Usually things when you lose, like, I think I could do everything. It's, it's the, it's, it matters if I'm going to use the right technique, which I'm not trying to not use the right technique. Course, but yeah. in the game, you're not always going to be perfect, which, yeah. you know, you strive to be every play. Right. But I think, you know, I could, you know, really hang with those guys as long as I use great technique. And yeah. Right from then on there, after that play, you can grade yourself. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have turned so much. You just got to stay square and it would have been way better. Yeah, I, th- I feel like your mentality to blocking is is obviously what sets you apart from other tight ends. Where did that mentality come from? Did that start when you were a kid? Like, were you always somebody that was just yeah. looking to physically <laughs> no, dominate actually, people or what? I started football eighth grade. I was a big basketball player because I didn't like to hit people. Really? So, yeah, I was skinny and tall. Like, I was like, ah, <laughs> okay. football. I didn't start liking football till like, junior year of high school. Then I started to really like it because my coach made me, my high school coach, Jim Delaney, made me lift weights and he took attendance and I was afraid to miss because mm. I didn't want to come in and make an excuse why I missed the next day. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're definitely a people pleaser. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, come on. I got a bit above the rules. So, uh, <laughs> so, and we were in a triple option in high school. So, literally, I had like seven catches all <laughs> my senior year right. or career there. So, I basically blocked the whole time. Right. Then I went to Delaware, and you know I had a couple of catches the first two years, and I kind of had more catches towards uh, my last two. But it's always something that like I feel like I needed to do to you know try to be on the field as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm not the fastest guy in the world, so you know, if I'm not going to block, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, am I, I going to be only pass right? No, it's not me. It's not who I am. Right. So in order to to be a good player and to be who I want to be, I have to block. Right. And so that's something I kind of embraced in my game. So does that really also excite you moving forward with this team? And another reason why you wanted to stay here is because I mean we're gonna we're gonna be blocking a lot yeah. of people in the run game. Like that's yeah. gonna be the mo of this offense. Yeah, it's uh it's how we use the tight ends, how we use the numerous tight ends, yeah. how we line up people in different positions and motion them, and how we run the ball a lot. So now I'm gonna be used. I know everyone's gonna be used in different ways and in the correct way, and uh, that's the exciting part about it. It's not like uh, when I'm gonna be used here. Like you know, I know what I'm coming back to. I know what we're looking forward to and the direction we're going to go with this offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something, you know, I'm excited about. 
Greg Roman got the offensive coordinator job. He obviously coached you as a position coach for the mm-hmm. past couple of years. Were you fired up when he got that job? And did that make you think like, okay, maybe even more likely to come back here? Yeah, uh, I have a great relationship with G-Row. Uh, I remember him coming in here the first time and you know, he's, he's taught me more things than I can remember. Like he's taught me so much throughout his time here. And for him to be a tight end coach, I think he was totally overqualified for when he first got here because of what he had right. in the past, mm-hmm. um, which was a blessing to us because you know I just learned so so much from him, and especially with him being in the room uh, this past season, him being the run game coordinator. We were getting like all the firsthand new stuff, you know, what we really need to be and exactly how we need to do it. Right. Um, so you know, I'm excited for him to be the the OC. Uh, I'm more excited to see what he's actually drawn up on his board for this whole offseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, he's the perfect man for the job, especially with the offense we're going to run. Do you think for, like, you guys it will be that different? Or will it be, like, how Tight end-wise, you, or you're just saying, Just like, the job of the tight end. Yeah, the job of like, the tight end. Because uh, obviously he's trying to keep things fresh. You, you can't just run what you ran yeah. last year. Oh, yeah, we'll have new wrinkles, you know yeah. what I mean? But, like, at, its at the end of the day, it's football. You know, we're going to be kind of running the same plays, maybe a little thing here and there. And yeah. I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. You well, got go and adapt. That's it. Yeah. Next year, he's going to be catching 80 balls. Yeah. Right. So that's <laughs> what's going to be different. That's why yeah. everyone wants to see and hear. And it's like, oh, dude, I don't want to talk to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are a good receiver, though. Like, yeah. I mean, we like, kind of, like, joke about it. But, like, like you I catch, catch the ball, the ball well. well. Yeah, exactly. I don't usually drop the ball. And people so. don't want to tackle you. I mean, like, when no, you have like, the ball in your hands, they don't really yeah. relish hitting you. So your hurdles have become kind of a thing. Uh-huh. Fans kind of like it. Every time you hurdle, it's like, here we go again. Yeah, Nick, luckily, yeah everyone says something. Where, where, where did the hurdling start? Did were you a track hurdler? No, <laughs> I, was a, I was I was a skateboarder. That's what I think. Like oh. maybe. Right, right. That's right. I remember talking about this. Yeah. Basically, when you hurdle someone, you really don't have to. You got to jump like somewhat high, but realistically, you just got to bring your knees up. Right. Like in your feet up. You can be like here, just, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to <laughs> literally jump high, you just bring everything up. Right. And uh, I used to skateboard all the time when I was little, and that's all like with tricks and ollies and kickflips, you always bring your feet up and stuff. And I think that kind of, I think I'm somewhat athletic as a naturally. <laughs> I hope so. And I so. think that helped me. Yeah. <laughs> you like, are in the NFL, so I think yeah. that probably. <laughs> so, uh, and I, tr- I tried to hurdle. My first hurdle was in college versus Navy, my junior year. We were losing by a couple scores, and I hurled someone that I fumbled right after because I got hit when I landed. <laughs> and I saw someone coming out. Uh, I got ripped on the sideline, but the hurdle was successful. Right, Felt right, good, yeah. Right. So from then on air, I just tried it, like, when I had open space, and it kind of just caught on. Are you at all concerned about taking a helmet to the junk? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Really? Well, that would be, like, top well, you fear gotta of have, hurdling like, somebody. you got to have some awareness, like, <laughs> of how many people are around. Usually if it's one-on-one, there's... You know, the next guy's not until 10 yards away, so that's when you can do it. If there's, like, a crowd of people, it's like, uh, probably not going to do it. Have you noticed that defenders are coming, like, starting to expect it now? Or are you still catching them uh, by surprise? Because I feel like initially you do it, and they're like, whoa, I wasn't expecting yeah, that. But now then, it's kind of become a thing. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I don't know. A lot of, <laughs> there was, like, a couple plays I knew where I was going to kind of be in the flat or somewhere, and I'm like, if I'm one-on-one, I'm just going to hurdle no matter what he looks like. Mm-hmm. That's how I think. It's, I'm just doing it in my head, yeah, and I right. do it, and it works. Right, right You know what right. I mean? Because usually in open field, they look at a big dude like, oh, man, I don't want to tackle him. So they're just going to attack, especially the DBs. Yeah. Right. So that's what I kind of look at. And there's, like, at least two hurdles, I think, the past two seasons where I was, like, in the huddle, and I predetermined it. Just <laughs> <laughs> I swear, like, you know, I'm joking. I was, like, if I'm open, I catch it, and I have some space, I'm just going to hurdle. 
and it worked both Did times. It work? yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So. So, so this year, do you go into the huddle with Lamar and you say, hey, Lamar, I'm the $18 million man. You just <laughs> throw me a damn touchdown no pass, way. dude. No, see, like, that's the guy I'm not. <laughs> like, ever talking really about money that way or – Maybe I'll be like, yo, you still need to throw me the ball. But, like, <laughs> I joke around with that last year. But uh, it's, I'm really not like, like, oh, I'm going to $18 million now. Yeah, no, that's yeah, not yeah. who I am. But yeah. the, the touchdown thing, like, you joked about it during the press conference. Does that – do you care? Like, do you care and are you like, – yeah. Yeah, this is how I look at it. Like, it would be nice to score. It would be cool, right? Everyone wants to score a touchdown. Yeah. Up. But yeah. if I – like, if all the opportunities I have in the game – and none of them come up to score a touchdown, really, or a minute for any, like, red zone pass plays or whatever it is. But I play well in all those plays, I'm satisfied. Yeah. You know, because you kind of control your own destiny when you're in the game and how you're going to play. Right. So, like, yeah, there was a – like, remember one Willie – we had a first first mm-hmm. game versus mm-hmm. Buffalo. Yes. We had, like – I feel like it's just, like, an omen or I don't know what it Got is. Got called that back. Name, yeah, there's a couple of them like that <laughs> this year. So, um, but it doesn't affect me. It's not like, oh. I need to get touched. You know what I mean? It's not what I think about. I bet the guys in your room give you a hard time, though. I got yeah, everyone in the locker room. Though. Yeah, it's I feel like you probably hear annoying. it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny though is really I annoying. still remember uh, your two point conversion that you caught with one hand, and I remember us sitting next to each other in the press. But what game was that? It was, it was like a huge the game. Bears. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's home, right. Yeah. That's right. And we were in the press box, and we just started laughing uproariously. We were like. Nick Boyle, in a clutch moment of the game, just was like, nah, screw it, I'll just go one hit well, on this. We were like, what did that happen? <laughs> well, I had, like, actually during that game, my left pinky was, like, uh, torn right here. Ooh. And we had a two-minute drive or something yeah. to go down and score. Right. And I had to come out for that two-minute drive because it was slipping because this, like, tenant was torn up there. And so they taped it in a weird way. I was like, I don't know if I can go back in. Uh-huh. Then he's just like, just go back in. Like, that's uh, for this two-point play. Honestly, so this hand, you'll see, is taped up. That's why I just oh, – I, mean, wow. I probably could have reached, but I didn't want to use it. Interesting. Unless it was all messed up. That's so funny. So I was like, yeah, I probably didn't want to touch it anyway. And it was behind me, so I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's great. Well, we're really looking forward to uh, another three years plus with you, Nick. We really appreciate it. Do you want to give any final shout-out to, to Delaware, to Grotto's? Any, any, any place in Newark, Delaware. That was my old sound grounds, too. So yeah. I have fond memories of Grottos. I haven't been back to Grottos in a while. It's a college bar. Yeah, it's a college bar. It's a college bar. Pizza's pretty good. But yeah, yeah. Pizza's it's college pizza, pizza, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's college pizza. Yeah. So, you know, we used to get it for free after the games. That's the extent of it. No, so. Well, thank you very much, Nick Boyle. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, happy for you. Thanks. Cool. Thanks to Nick. Really happy for him. Um, he is, uh, he's a great guy. He's fun. Uh, he clearly wanted to be here. And I think that's like, that's what you like. Those are the stories that you like. When a guy wants to stay, the team wants him. Mm-hmm. He feels like he's coming out of this with a good contract. That's a win-win solution. And yeah. like a lot of times when you get to this time of the year, things can get kind of messy and feelings can get hurt. And there can be, even if you come to an agreement, there's sort of like a little bit of uh, tension that yep. exists. That doesn't seem to be the case at all with Nick and, and just really happy for him. I hope that CJ listens to this uh, Nick Boyle press conference. Is like, you know what, Nick's right, man. I should just stay. I should just take. It. It's good enough. It's good enough. Whatever that <laughs> offer is, is good enough. I I hope CJ's out there listening, man. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But there's been a lot, so we want to talk a little bit about just everything that's happened over the past week, um, combine, and also going into free agency. So, I mean, what do you? You brought up CJ. What do you think? I mean, my my 
gut is that the chances are decreasing as opposed to increasing with CJ um, because, but that could always change. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe he does see Nick Boyle and is like, you know what, that is a good point. Like, it's a, the offer is good enough. Um, or maybe his agent is really in his ear and saying like, no, we should go to the mar- go to market. You're going to get more than this. And, you know, whatever. I, I think it also just depends on the player's mood. Are they feeling like a really good connection at that point? Like that they really badly want to stay at that point? Or are they feeling a little chided? You know, mm-hmm. um, emotions play into these kind of things. Uh, so the closer that CJ gets to going to market, obviously the less comfortable I feel about him returning because once you get out there, any team in the world uh, who has, you know, and there are many that have more salary cap space than the Ravens can offer him, make him a better offer. Here's, I, I agree with you. Um, and I think that the market thing is kind of a little bit of a fallacy in the sense of like Nick talked about. He's essentially on the market. These guys are having conversations at the Combine all last week. So mm-hmm. CJ clearly has a feeling of what whoa, his whoa, market whoa. is. There's a two-day window yeah, there exactly. in which agents and teams can talk. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, but, but somehow that window hasn't been reached, and teams are reaching out to Nick Boyle's agents, so I'm not sure how that works. Um, <laughs> but there was 20 teams or whatever that were interested in him. So I'm sure that CJ and his agent have a pretty clear feeling of what – you know, not get, necessarily what kind of offers they're going to get. I, yeah, I don't necessarily know that other teams are coming and saying we'll offer you this much for this many right. years, but I think it's more of a feeling of you know this is the range, this is what yes. the guarantee could be, this is what the annual amount of money could be. Yeah, and so I'm sure he has a sense of that. And if the Ravens aren't in that ballpark, then I'm sure he will go out there and, and see what that is. Well, and I think too, <clears throat> there's just a lot of moving pieces here. You know, if if the Ravens don't spend 13 million. At, dollars average on cj mosley okay it hurts to lose cj mosley but then do you take that 13 million dollars and give it to landon collins the top safety mm-hmm. you know which one's more valuable right you, you know what cj is he's a proven quantity but he's an inside linebacker versus do, you, do the ravens are the ravens a team that feels like investing in the secondary they've already done it once big big money to tony jefferson fairly big money to eric weddle are they a team that believes in investing more in their secondary than inside linebacker? There are a lot of other factors. Who do you have more confidence in stepping up into a starting role next year? Kenny Young or a combination of, of Deshaun Elliott and Chuck Clark? Mm-hmm. That's a very fair question when you're debating who, where are you going to allocate these dollars to. C.J. Mosley, if he leaves in free agency, you're probably going to get a third-round compensatory pick next year. Right. So that's another factor at play. There's, and, and that's not to say I still think the Ravens definitely want C.J. back, but it's not that they 100% absolutely, hands tied behind their back, must have C.J. Mosley back. Like, there is a price. That's what I keep saying on all of this. Like, that's what I feel like gets lost. People will say, just pay the man. Okay, what are you going to pay? What, 20 million? Th- there has to be a price. The right. Ravens have to set a price. And maybe they end up having to come up on the price a little bit because they feel like that's what they're going to have to pay. And maybe CJ has set a price for himself, and maybe ultimately he has to come down a little bit because the market dictates that the money is a little bit less than that. Right. But both sides have to set a price, and and the Ravens can't just pay CJ Mosley whatever he wants because right. they need to set some sort of market and CJ just can't take whatever the Ravens offer because he wants to get his fair value. Like there has to be a compromise there. Um, so I, I mean, I do agree with you that what I, the, I kind of feel the same way in the sense that 
the feeling of him coming back seems less likely because this has been something that's been going on really for two years. Mm-hmm. The Ravens have known they've wanted to re-sign him. There's been talk of that for years. Mm-hmm. Now you're a couple of days in, away from free agency. Where's the fire to get it done on the player side when you've already waited two years? Right. Yeah. Uh, so some other guys, I mean, Zedarius, uh, I mean, I think that he's uh, probably going to get to market and, and get a bigger payday than the Ravens are willing to give, um, which probably means a third-round compensatory pick next year as well. Third or fourth, probably. Yeah, which you spent a fourth on Zedarius to begin with, so you got some really good years out of him, essentially at no, no cost. Yeah. Um, that's how. You, that's a good way to do business and right the, there. And then you go and you find the next Zedarius with that fourth-round pick. It, precisely. That, that, can, that can grow behind Tyus Bowser, Tim Williams, and pres- potentially another year of Terrell Suggs, yeah. which I think the Ravens uh, seem to be indicating that they would like to keep that together. And I think that's the right move. To me, it's get one more year out of Suggs. It'll be a productive year. And then you turn Tyus Bowser, Tim Williams, into your Zedarius Smith of 2019. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then hope that one of those guys emerges as the successor to Terrell Suggs, or you just put off finding that eventual guy for another year and take another shot in the draft at maybe you draft that guy in the third or fourth round this year or whatever, right? Or earlier. Or, or earlier. I exactly. mean, I do think pass, r- I think pass rusher <clears throat> yeah. would not yeah. shock me if it's sure. first round pick. Would sure. not shock me at the first round as sure. a first round pick. No, would not shock me. And then that guy potentially becomes your Zedarius right. Smith of what he was last year. Well, then there's Judon. can grow behind. Terrell Suggs. There's Judon that's in the equation, too. I think the Ravens would like to re-sign Judon and extend him, to maybe even potentially before exactly. the season. That probably, I think, <clears throat> make him the Terrell Suggs. Right. Right. Um, so there's a lot of stuff at play. So who are some of the other free agents? Smokey Brown. I feel like that probably, my feeling is that he's probably going to play elsewhere next year. I feel like his production at the end of that season, once Lamar took over, was not great. Once again, helps you in compensatory pick formula if he yeah. gets elsewhere. I think Smokey is a good player. I think Smokey's a great number two receiver. If you have another guy who can stretch the field, go down, go down, make some big plays. Obviously, he has great speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has playmaking ability. We saw that. There's a lot of that in this year's draft, though. Yeah, a lot of speed in this year's draft at wide receiver. Yep, that you can get at a much cheaper cost, and it doesn't cost you a compensatory pick. Sure. Um, but I do, I do think the Ravens need to add a veteran wide receiver. You can't just have a rookie this year, Jaleel Scott, Jordan Lastly. Uh, Willie Sneed and Chris Moore yeah. and Quincy Adeboijo. Yeah. I mean, like, you need, I think, some kind of veteran other than Willie Sneed mm-hmm. in that group. So who's that going to be? Is it an unrestricted free agent? Is it a restricted free agent? Is it somebody who gets cut? Something like that. I, I anticipate the Ravens will add a free agent wide receiver. Here's the thing on that. History suggests they're going to be able to find somebody. Yeah. Now, they how good, how good that player is, I mean, that's an unanswered question, but just go back to the last several years. I mean, they added three last year. Crabtree, Smokey Brown, and Willie Sneed. Right. The year before, uh, it, Macklin, it was Jeremy Macklin. But now, came lo- late. Now, look, now, did that work out great? Did Crabtree and Macklin work out great? No, but there's mm-hmm. other examples where, obviously, it has worked out great. Right. Bolden and Steve Smith, and there's plenty of examples like that, too. So, like, yeah. um, they're going to find, I think, a veteran receiver who is an attractive piece. Yeah, I mean, it worked pretty well with Willie Sneed. It worked he was well a res- with a restricted free agent, yeah. and they were aggressive in you know, pursuing those guys. Um, who are the other? I think, I think RG3 is probably back. Mm-hmm. That's my gut. When the, when the press conference announcement was made that mystery player coming in at 11 o'clock, yeah. I thought it was going to be RG3. <laughs> that was my gut. It was Nick Boyle. So glad it was. Exactly, right? <laughs> um, uh, but I, I just feel like RG3, 
uh, it makes too much sense for mm -hmm. both sides to to reunite. And I, John Harbaugh's been adamant. He's been very clear, both at the combine and previously, that he wants him back. So I think that he probably gets his wish. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else that we're missing? I mean, I'm sure there is. I mean, I mean there's other guys. You know, Brent Urban. Maybe uh, he could go out there. You know, I think that they've already re-signed him once to a small deal. Mm -hmm. um, it, maybe he goes out there and, and tests the market and sees what he can find. Maybe he, he comes back. I, I don't think that I have a... It wouldn't shock me if he goes elsewhere also. Yeah. The Ravens have some younger defensive linemen, Chris Wormley, Chris, uh, Willie Henry. Yeah. They're not the same player. They're not in the same mold. Mm -hmm. They're not six foot seven or whatever, yeah. but like they have guys that they can put in there. I'm interested to see if they, can, they come up with an extension for Michael Pierce, a really good young player, which you already paid Brandon Williams a lot of money. Do you do you keep Pierce around for the long-term future? I'm not sure. And if you're going to lose C.J. Mosley, it'd be really nice to have Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce at least clogging up the middle mm -hmm. to stop the run if you don't have your leading tackler and C.J. Mosley back. And just on Pierce, you're obviously so fans, though, that would be an extension. He's already signed. He's yeah. a restricted free agent. Yes. So the Ravens, this be he's going to be on Young, the team like, next this year. This is a Tavon Young-like extension, Matthew Judon-like extension like we're talking about. Yeah. Last question, the big one here. With Eric Weddle being released, Eric Weddle we loved. Great player, mm -hmm. great guy. Love working with him. Um, will the Ravens invest even more money in a safety in a free agent market and go after one of the big names like Landon Collins, Tyran Matthew, right. or Earl Thomas? I feel like no. I feel like I understand that getting one of those players is a younger version of a really talented safety. My f gut says that if you were going to spend big money on a f on a veteran safety, that that would have been Eric Weddle because of but, all that but he did. Veteran, there you're using. He's a very veteran. Term. He's right. a very veteran. Eric Weddle and Landon Collins were two different types of veterans. He's a super. <laughs> he's a super veteran. Eric super Weddle. Vet. That's what Weddle, Weddle was. But I just feel like if if that was what they wanted to do, then Weddle very well could have been that guy. I feel like the Ravens like Chuck Clark. I feel like they like Deshaun Elliott. Um, they've obviously paid Tony Jefferson a big amount of money. So I think that they probably look to spend that money elsewhere. That's that's my feeling, is that they don't sign Earl Thomas, Tyron Matthew, or Landon Collins. What about Adrian Amos? Well, there are, there's like another tier of guys, so too. There's Ha-Ha like Clinton Dix, there's two. Adrian Amos. Like, maybe mm -hmm. there's that. You, you see that is more likely uh, Yes, marriage. yes. And I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but I think that like those big three that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. I would say less likely, but now you're getting into that other tier of guys who are still really good players. I mean, Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, for example, was a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. um, Amos is, according to PFF, yeah. been one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, so maybe you get somebody from that grouping. Here's the good thing. If the Ravens do want to sign a veteran safety, there's a lot on the market. Yeah. So there's a ton of supply, and that tends to work out in teams' favor when there's a lot of good players that go to market that all of a sudden, instead of spending, I don't know, $10 million on a player at that position, now you can spend eight or seven, whatever that amount of money is. What, you think they're going to sign Landon Collins? I think they might. I think they, I think, I think they might get one of the big three. I just, my gut is kind of telling me that uh, they gave Tony Jefferson a big deal uh, a couple years ago. And uh, I think they value safety, the safety position very high, as well as cornerback. I think just building a strong secondary and investing money there, they believe in. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if they said, well, we are going to pay Weddle nine and a half, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, I'll take... Landon Collins, who is six or eight years younger, 
at um, 12 and for the next four years. Right. And, I'll, and I'll upgrade, you know, I don't know what potentially. what, potentially upgrade that position by investing three or more million dollars average per year. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't shock me. Right. Here's here's the thing. The Ravens are going to have money to spend. Who are they spending on? That's my question. Every year the Ravens spend essentially to the salary cap. That's been, right. Go yes. back and look at the past 20 years. That's been the philosophy that the Ravens have embraced. Yes. So they're spending the money. If it's not on C.J. Mosley, who is it on? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. Now, if they re-sign C.J. Mosley, I don't expect them to also get one of those top three safeties. Offense that, playmaker? No, I think if they see, re-sign C.J. Mosley, no, how much saying, more I'm, room I'm do they have? They don't re-sign C.J. Mosley. Oh, an offensive playmaker like Lev Bell or something. <laughs> right. I see you. I see your eyebrows over there. <laughs> um, I I think it would be more likely in the secondary than it would be Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. That's my gut. All right. Well, we'll see how all of this plays out over the course of the next week. Um, it's a fun time, and news happens at all hours of the day. It probably happened while we were night. taping this podcast. Yeah, we probably were going to walk out of here, and they've re-signed a few other players, and, <laughs> and there's rumors about getting a couple other guys in. <laughs> we're going to walk so. out of the room, and Le'Veon Bell's going to have a Ravens jersey on <laughs> right? and doing a press conference right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, thanks for listening, guys. As always, you can email the show at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Thanks to Nick Boyle. Congratulations to him, and we will be back with you guys next week to talk some more free agency. 